from Him who is the vine dresser and from Him who is a true vine. Come all grace, mercy, and peace to each of you today. Amen. Our Gospel lesson from John chapter 15 will serve as the basis for the message this morning. How many of you out there like wine? Why? Nobody's hand goes, nobody. Am I the only one that likes wine? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so if you're like me, then you probably appreciate wine a lot more now than, say, 20, 30 years ago when you were younger, right? I, I have come to appreciate the color of wine now, uh, the, the, the nose, the palate, the way it tastes, you know, the aroma it puts off. But more importantly, I've really come to appreciate the vineyard itself more so than the wine. Vineyards are beautiful. If you've ever been to a vineyard and you drive by and you see rows and rows of grapevines out there and how neatly it's tended to and whatnot. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been to a vineyard, but I've been to one in, in Virginia and North Carolina, out in Sonoma, California. I've even been to one in Italy. I've been to one here in Florida, if you can believe that. Yeah, we actually have a couple of vineyards here in Florida. The old muscadine grape, if you know what muscadine wine is. Um, but the process of making the wine and how much effort and care goes into the vineyard uh, says a lot about the success of the, of the wine itself. Now, these vineyards didn't get that way on their own, did they? They didn't all of a sudden just decide to line themselves up in rows and bear fruit, right? And, and produce it all by themselves. They had to have somebody that took care of it for them. That's the vineyard worker, the vineyard owner, the vineyard dresser, the vine dresser, so to speak. And of course, you know, there's a whole bunch of varieties of wines that are out there. And the quality of the wine obviously is oftentimes reflected in the price that we pay at the cashier. But the grapes are all dependent on various factors. And at the end of the day, the vineyard's success is all dependent on the vine dresser. And in our gospel lesson from John 15 today, Jesus kind of invokes this imagery of a vine and a vine dresser as he speaks about the relationship between him and his disciples. The vine's not a new concept when Jesus starts speaking about it here. It's been used all throughout the, the Hebrew Bible, uh, and it's used to convey that relationship between God and his people to both convey the love and the judgment of God. In Isaiah 5, there is a song of the unfruitful vineyard, where instead of good grapes, which would represent justice, we see a, an image of bad grapes, wild grapes, which represent bloodshed. And then go a little bit further under Isaiah, Isaiah 27 now, God's people are depicted as a fruitful vine. Totally the opposite. Again, in Ezekiel 17, there's a parable of a vine. Uh, this time, though, the vine relates to an individual rather than a representative collective group of Israelites. It, it, in Ezekiel 17, the vine relates to King Zedekiah and more importantly, uh, to a king from a Davidic line. And all this sets up for the gospel of John's use of the imagery of the vine and the vine dresser now. So as Jesus speaks of the vine and the vine dresser, Jesus is the true vine from which all branches are connected. And from the branches, fruits expected to be born. God then is the vine dresser. And the branches from which the fruit is expected to be brought forth is dependent on the true vine and nothing else. The branches don't bear fruit apart from the vine. Or should I say, the branches don't produce good fruit 
apart from the vine. They can certainly produce sour fruit or no fruit at all. Now, the key word in this passage is abide. And I want you to think about what abide means because it's got a couple different meanings which really relates to what we're seeing here in this passage. Abide can mean to accept, obey, or act in accordance with. But abide can also mean to live or dwell within. So think about that here. Jesus says, abide in me, and I in you. As a branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. As branches, we're supposed to be abiding in the vine that is Christ Jesus, obeying his commands, accepting his teachings, and living in accordance with the way, the truth, and the life. Christ, as the vine then, lives in us and dwells in us, and stirs us into action. But we are dependent on Christ as the true vine. If Christ then is the vine, does that mean, or the true vine, does that mean that there are other vines that exist out there? Think about that. There are many varieties of grapevines from which our wines that we enjoy today come from. Mus- Muscadine grape, Concord grapes, Moscata, there's a whole different variety of, of grapevines out there. But there's also a vine that grows right here in the United States that looks very similar to a grapevine. It's a wild grapevine. It's called porcelain berry. It's all dominant up and down the East Coast uh, and in the parts of the Midwest. And the, the, the leaf on it, the berries even look very similar to it. But it doesn't act in the same way as a, as a a grapevine does, a true grapevine. It runs rampant. If you know what kudzu is here in the south and how it overtakes everything, that's what the porcelainberry vine does. It spreads out like wildfire and it just devours everything in its presence. Vineyards are beautiful. They're well organized. They're maintained. The branches look wonderful on there. But it's got somebody that's caring for it. Porcelainberry, not so much. You ever seen an Ansel Adams photo with an old barn in it with vines that have overtaken it? Yeah, on the surface it looks kind of romantic, right? Or it just kind of conjures up some images. But look a little bit harder. What might you see in that picture? Something that used to exist, but no longer has life in it. It's been choked out by this wild vine, decrepit, falling apart, and messy. Just as there are vines in nature that are destructive and embasing and seem appealing, there are so-called vines that seek to destruct us spiritually, invading our lives and choking us out. They creep up in our lives and intertwine with the branches and seek to have us abide with it. Money, drugs, individualism, self-reliance, backbiting, gossiping, Relying on our own beliefs. There, there are even some people out here that take different belief systems and mingle them together because they think that's what's going to bring them happiness in this life. Give them meaning. So yeah, there are other vines out there, but there's only one true vine. One true way of life. 
Christ Jesus. And if we don't abide in the true vine, the true vine doesn't abide in us. And then we don't bear good fruit. Just sour grapes at best, or at worst, no fruit at all. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now here, Jesus points out what happens when no fruit is born at all. Jesus says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. It's pretty deep words. You ever really sat and meditated on that for a second? Digested that? Because sometimes even as Christians, we think that there are no consequences to our actions. Or that at the end of the day, all i got to do is say I'm sorry and keep going on through life. right? Like we're cheapening God's grace. There are consequences to not bearing fruit, my friends. How productive are we being as people? How productive are we being as a congregation? What are we doing to work in God's kingdom to bear good fruit? Are we bearing good fruit? Are we bearing sour grapes? Are we not producing anything at all? The fruit we produce, the good fruit, comes from God. And it's meant not just for us, it's meant for other people. Grapevines don't produce grapes for themselves and eat their own grapes, do they? They put it off so that wine can be enjoyed, or grape juice, or whatever else needs to come forth from it. And it's the same thing as individuals, as a congregation. And I want, you, I want to ask you this question. What does it mean to live as a branch, both individually and as a church here at Ascension? It means inner, interdependency, codependency, not independence. It means that we totally rely on Jesus, the true vine, to sustain us in our lives. It means that we rely and depend on God to dress us, to cleanse us by pruning us so that we would bear good fruit. Not as a means to an end. Not as we're trying to keep some law perfectly. But out of a response for what Christ, the true vine, has done for us. The grace that He has brought us. Bearing bad fruit is a sin of commission. Bearing no fruit of all is a sin of omission. When you think about that, because what, what are we omitting? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, peace, joy, the other fruit. And so to live as a branch connected to the true vine means to bear those things. To abide in Him. To obey, to accept all of His teachings. To be fed and nourished by that true vine so that we bring forth this good fruit. We can't function as individuals. We certainly can't function as a church and bear good fruit if we are not intentional in doing and abiding in the true vine. We can't function as a church if we're not intentional about outreach. It's not enough to just converse about I don't know, socioeconomic issues, about racial divide, and other things that affect us today, and not act about it. And when we as individuals and as a church abide in the true vine that is Christ Jesus, we can't help but bear good fruit. 
and bring that good fruit forth, bringing peace, joy, and love, and other, other fruits of the Spirit forth to those who need to partake of that good fruit. Then we get to sit back and watch the vineyard dresser go to work, pruning, cleansing, adding to his vineyard, growing it. But doing all these things, my friends, comes with a cost, believe it or not. Just like we pay for that wine at the cashier register, it costs us something, but more importantly, it costs God something. For us, it means a change in a way of life to abide in Christ in the true vine. It means giving up those things, recognizing the vines that invade our lives and get up into the branches and try to take us and pull us away from those, the true vine. It means giving up those things that take away our time from God and doing what He asks us to do. It means being in worship in a Bible study and in fellowship with one another. Lifting our own branches up within the congregation. Those people who need help. And for God, well, as much as we think it has cost us, God paid the ultimate price. The true vine hung upon dead pieces of wood up on a cross. Crucified, killed, but overcame risen from the dead, and the branch rises again, sends into heaven so that we can have life. And this, He didn't do on His own. God did it. God's the vine dresser. Christ says, already you are clean because of the Word that I've spoken to you. He came to show us how to live. He came to fulfill the law since we could not do it ourselves. You know, in those times when we falter and bear those sour grapes, God, the vine dresser, prunes us, cleansing us over and over again. Because that's what the word prune means here. It means to cleanse, to, 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 to snip off those things, bring us about forgiveness. All good things come from the true vine. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. What are we relying on today? Who are we dependent upon? Whatever it is, may it be the Lord. May we abide in the vine, and God ever abide in us. May we go forth into our communities bearing the good fruit, the kindness, the goodness, the love as Jesus bore for us. Because there's people here sitting here this morning that need it. And there's people in our communities that need this. And if we're going to continue to grow as a church, then we need to have our branches pruned and cleansed and start bringing forth that good fruit again. As Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I ask you to join me now in going before our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, You are the vine dresser. Your Son is the true vine and we are the branches. We pray that You would prune us ever, Father. That we would ever abide in You and that You would abide in us. That You would fill us with the Holy Spirit and cause us to bear good fruit. Going out and giving that fruit to the, the communities and the society that so desperately needs it so that they can be planted in Your vineyard as we have been planted in Your vineyard. 
May all that we do, Father, ever glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.